Welcome to Advent Sermons and Conversations. Today's sermon was given by Pastor Gary Mills on Sunday, November 25th, 2018. You can find the readings for this week in the podcast description. A special note this week, there was a small audio issue at the very beginning of Pastor Gary's sermon, but the majority of the sermon sounds great. So I'm going to very quickly paraphrase the 20 seconds at the beginning that you'll miss. Basically, Pastor Gary describes how there are a variety of ways in a variety of places in the world and cultures of marking the beginning and the ends of the year. From New Year's Eve to the Lunar New Year celebrated in many Asian countries to Rosh Hashanah, which marks the New Year in the Jewish faith. And finally, Pastor Gary arrives at talking about the Christian liturgical calendar. And this is where we leave off. It takes place in a three-year cycle for us, where we read primarily from the Gospels of Matthew one year, Mark the next, and Luke the third. And we begin almost always prior to the birth narratives, and we go through the Passion of Easter and into Pentecost and what follows. And then in the time after Pentecost, this year those long 26 Sundays of green, we read from various sections of the gospel that is assigned for that year, and we look forward to the days to come. And it all comes together today, the last day of the church year, Christ the King Sunday. Now, since the Gospel of Mark is somewhat limited in scope, we often year, use this so-called year B, or the second year in the three-year cycle, with selected passages from the Gospel of John as well, just as we have done today. And while our first and second readings today from Daniel and Revelation are very clearly pointing us to the new kingdom, this reading from John, which all of you are familiar with as being right in the heart of the Passion during Holy Week, this Gospel from John seems to be of somewhat a different direction entirely. Jesus has been betrayed in the garden by Judas. He's turned over to the high priest. And then he's turned over to the Roman authorities by no other accusation other than the fact that he is stirring up some trouble. Pilate says he can't find anything wrong with Jesus. Indeed, he seems to find it odd that people have turned Jesus over to him. Of course, Pilate is aware of the rumors that have been surrounding the community about Jesus. But here in John, there is very little that declares that Jesus is going to be or is a king. We read about it early on in John, in chapter 1, when Jesus calls Nathanael. But little after that do we hear about anything about Jesus being a king or the kingdom. This gospel writer, John, who was writing to a very specific audience, however, had little doubt about Jesus' kingship. In Matthew and Luke, Jesus is born a king 
through heritage. Born a king through that long listing coming to Joseph or Mary, going back to King David. Jesus is born a king, but in John and in Mark, Jesus becomes a king only fully on the cross. It is there where the kingdom of God in the king, Jesus, fully happens and is birthed and proclaimed among us. So here today we have Pilate asking Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? But notice Jesus is not claiming a kingship. He is not claiming that he is king of the Jews, a title that was perhaps expected by the large number of people that had been following Jesus, and especially during this week in which the gospel comes from, where Jesus has entered triumphantly into Jerusalem, those people had to have been expecting a glorious king. Jesus instead responds back to Pilate about what it would have been like had he been king in the world, that nothing would have stopped his followers from storming the governor's house and saving him. However, we are left with a man who is seemingly alone and on trial for some minor offenses. Pilate again asked Jesus, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus responds, that he was born to testify to the truth and that those who follow him are also born to testify to the truth. And there our gospel passage ends today, right before that great philosophical statement of Pilate, but what is truth? Pilate is a politician. Pilate understands truth to be something that can be manufactured, an ancient form of Trumpian alternative facts, if you will. In mockery to the people of Jerusalem and their desire to put down a man with whom he can find no fault, he clothes Jesus in a purple robe, puts a crown of thorns on his head, and on his cross hangs a sign, this was the king of the Jews. So we might ask, why do we place ourselves today in the passion narrative? A day when we are called to celebrate God's power and reign over the universe and all creation. Why do we have this passion narrative today when we are called to celebrate Jesus Christ as King? Because Jesus is revealing his true power in front of a figure who has earthly power over a large number of people and abuses that power. Pilate believes that this is all a joke, but we who know the gospel 
and have faith to believe in God, knowing that Jesus, in acknowledging that his kingdom is not of this earth, Jesus is letting us know where true power exists. God's kingdom, my dear friends, God's kingdom is the very presence and person of Jesus. And in Jesus alone. The acknowledgement of his kingdom is the recognition of God's power in the world. And while John's passion seems that the empire has won the day, we hear the people of Jerusalem declaring, we have no king but Caesar. We, you and I, know the truth. We, you and I, know what endures. We, you and I, know that Jesus is king for death has been conquered and Christ reigns eternal. We who are baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus know what the true promise in Christ is, what the truth is. When we say Jesus is king, we pledge our allegiance not to one nation under God, but to one creation under God beyond borders and human ideologies. We pledge ourselves to protect that creation so that others might live and have life abundantly. We pledge to give ourselves in service to others so that others might benefit from our work. We pledge to honor God and give God glory that God's rule may be more apparent daily on this earth. When we say Jesus is king, we say that refugees are welcome here. We say that no matter the differences in religion or philosophy, your families escaping violence and fear have a home among us. We say that we are not subject to the politicizing of the media or of our country's office holders, that we engage in the work of God that God calls us to do, and we ask that those who represent us in government enable us to more firmly do that work. While we do not live in a theocracy, we can live in a world where there are laws based upon the love of God and of God's creation, and where there is respect and honor for all people. When we say Jesus is king, we are pointing to the kingdom in which we have been baptized, one that shall not pass away. To know Jesus is to know God and God's love for us. 
to believe in Jesus is to have him as our glorious king. It is to be under his protection, knowing that he works in all things for our eternal good. It is to have hope in the coming deliverance that he will bring about on the last day. This is truth. And all who believe in Jesus are on the side of truth. And all on the side of the truth of Jesus are promised eternal life. Pilate stood before Jesus, Rome's emperor's ambassador, questioning Jesus' claim. Jesus stood before Pilate, God's own son, the almighty king of heaven and earth, probing Pilate's heart for faith. And before us stands our king, in friend and stranger, in water and in word, in bread and in wine. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org or reach us with your comments and questions at podcast at adventnyc.org. Also, you are invited to join us anytime you're able at one of our Sunday worship services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.